Hope. It is good to see you all today. We um, are in the midst of this series called Own It. And it's called Own It because, well, that's what we're called to do, right? To truly own and embrace our faith in ways that allow us to have the confidence to share what we believe so that we can point others to Jesus. Uh, Over the past two weeks, Pastor Jeff has explored who Jesus is and and what it means to have faith in today's world. And today, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, who is vital to our faith and the transformation of our lives, and yet, often, the person of God we understand the least. The video that led in didn't feature Christians per se, but the reality is that even those who have been raised in the church or attended for years often struggle to fully grasp who the Holy Spirit is. Today, we are just going to scratch the surface of what we know about the Holy Spirit, and there is so much more to him than we can talk about possibly in the few minutes that we have together today. But let's take a peek and let's see some of the basics so we can begin to better explore our personal relationship with him. So the Holy Spirit has been from the beginning. We heard them say it in the, in the video earlier. The Spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters and created. In the Old Testament, we find that the Holy Spirit's relationship with humanity was very different than it is now. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit didn't permanently reside in the hearts and minds of those who loved God. Instead, we see he specifically descended or rested on individuals for specific reasons. Let's talk about a few examples. So in Exodus, uh, chapter 31, verses 4 through 5, we see Bezazel. God sent the Holy Spirit to Bezazel. He says, I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. In this instance, we see God gifting Bezazel with the gifts to create what would be the Ark of the Covenant, the temple, the tent that would travel with our Israelites through the desert so that they had a place to come and worship the Holy One. In the book of Judges, we meet Gideon, who God tells he is going to use to save his people from the Midianites. You see, once again, Israel has found itself surrounded and oppressed and ruled by other nations. In this case, it's the Midianites. And Gideon's reply to this news is complete and utter disbelief. He reminds God that his tribe is the weakest of the tribe of Israel, and he is the weakest of his tribe. Again and again, Gideon argues about his incompetence. He urges God, Lord, if this is really what you want me to do, you are going to have to make it clear because I can't do it. Ultimately, through the Holy Spirit, Spirit, Gideon does, in fact, follow the Lord's instructions and his people overthrow the Midianites. 
Later in Judges, we meet Samson, who the Holy Spirit fills with amazing strength, allowing him time and again to overthrow and elude his captors. Throughout the Bible, we see countless opportunities when the Holy Spirit descended on prophets who God used to guide his people when they had gotten off their path and lost their way. Throughout the Old Testament, we see specific people, specific gifts, specific tasks, and specific times. Once we meet Jesus, everything changes. After his resurrection and before he ascended into heaven, Jesus told his disciples that one greater than himself would come to dwell with them. And I want to pause there for just one moment because really, one greater than himself, greater than Jesus, I have so much trouble wrapping my head around that. I mean, what? But Jesus knows that when the Holy Spirit comes, the apostles experience him as a permanent resident rather than a temporary guest. And this, this begins a new journey with humanity, one we find ourselves in the midst of even now. And as we begin to learn more and more about who and what the Holy Spirit is, then we can begin to experience him more fully. Nikki Gumbel is a pastor over in England who founded the Alpha Program, and he describes the Holy Spirit in this way. And he says that in the Old Testament, what the Holy Spirit did physically, we now see spiritually. So in Genesis, we saw the Spirit hovering over the waters and forming the earth. And in the second example, we talked about Bezazel inspiring creativity and craftsmanship. The Holy Spirit is all about creating. He creates new life in us. He creates new attitudes, new patterns of thought, new desires. He breathes fresh ideas and inspires new ways to praise God through art, dance, building. The Holy Spirit is all about making things new in our lives. Sometimes, like Gideon, we often feel unqualified, inept, or overwhelmed by our life circumstances or where we think God is leading us. But the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom, discernment. He helps us to recognize those around us who can walk with us through those times. And just like the Holy Spirit gave Samson the strength he needed to break his physical chains, today the Holy Spirit gives us the strength that we need to break the things that bind us. Things like sin, anger, bitterness, addictions, temptations, habitual behaviors, and of course, fear. The Holy Spirit is a creator, a counselor, gift giver, helper, guide. He is our translator, helping us understand scripture and apply it to our lives. He is with us to guide us. He is our GPS, if you will. 
While it's far from a perfect analogy, I do love the image of the Holy Spirit as a GPS. It's something that I know I'm super dependent upon in my house, although we might have a, um, a little bit of a battle going on amongst my family. Uh, Kevin and I much prefer the Waze app for our GPS, whereas the kids swear by Google Maps. So it is an eternal race to see whose GPS can get them there better and with less detours. Now, I like Waze because it shows me the other Wazers along the way. It's crowdsourcing. You hear what's happening as it's happening. You can find notes about why it is you're stopped in traffic. It lets me know with plenty of lead time when the next turn is coming, and it will even give me a glimpse of what I'm going to do immediately after that turn. But inevitably, the GPS is only effective if I use it and I trust it. I was recently coming home from Delaware and I looked at the route that Waze had proposed for me and it made no sense. It seemed to be taking me south to go north and through areas I didn't really know. I was confident that I knew far better how to get back to my house. So I ignored the GPS's instructions and headed home the way I was comfortable with. Well, it didn't take long before I hit construction, which I didn't know was happening. And I found myself in the middle of a backup that stretched for miles, adding a proposed 40 minutes to my trip home. I have to trust the GPS for it to work efficiently. I have to be willing to put aside my perfect route and see where it is taking me. And this time, I got to see why it was trying to reroute me. But sometimes we don't know what it is we're avoiding. I wish I could say this only happens when I'm driving, but the reality is I don't always listen as well to the Holy Spirit as I should. There are plenty of times when I am sure I know what is best for my life or the life of those I love. And Inevitably, when I push my will over his, it ends badly. Fortunately, the GPS doesn't just shut off and give up when I ignore it. Instead, it faithfully, albeit often with an annoyed tone, recalculates. The Holy Spirit works much in the same way. He is faithful to walk with us, to recalculate our path, and get us back where we need to be. In Psalm 32, 8, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. God has promised not to leave us alone to figure things out, which is incredible. But it's also challenging. The issue becomes learning to hear and recognize his voice. Pastor Charles Swindoll wrote, your call will become clear as your mind is transformed by the reading of scripture and the internal work of God's spirit. The Lord never hides his will from us. In time, as you obey the call, first, to follow, then your destiny will unload, unroll before you. 
The difficulty will lie in keeping other concerns from diverting your attention. Well, that's the truth, isn't it? The reality is that it takes time and focus and desire to follow the Holy Spirit. We are a highly distractible people, and we are easily pulled off course. Just like any other relationship in our lives, for it to thrive, it requires our attention. Traveling in church circles for long enough, you'll hear people say things like, let's pray in the Spirit, or we're filled with the Holy Spirit. But what does that really mean? Once we recognize who Jesus is, that he is our Savior, and that we recognize our need for his forgiveness and his leading in our lives, once we ask him to be our Lord, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in our hearts. But clearly, not every Christian is filled with the Holy Spirit at all times in their lives. That is to say, the GPS is there, but perhaps you've swiped to a different screen, or your battery has run out. I've heard it described like a furnace. Once the furnace is installed, the pilot light is always on. It's always there. But when the furnace is engaged, whoosh, then, then it's working. Then we can feel the heat. Something is working in conjunction with the flame to create this explosive and productive heat. How can we make sure the GPS is on and the furnace is turned up in our lives? We have to engage. We have to learn to hear his voice, and this takes practice. When the preschool first opened, we had a teacher who would refer to it as the holy nudge. Barbara did a great job of sharing, encouraging others to take the leap and follow his promptings. And for a number of years, we had a great time sharing stories about how we heard that holy nudge in our lives and what happened when we acted on it. There was one time I was uh, at a conference with a friend, and we'd been talking in the hotel the night before about the fact that she felt like God was leading her in a different direction, and she was scared and thought that it was um, bigger than what she was able to do, and really was not sure she was going to be able to do it, even though she knew that God had laid it on her heart. The next morning, we were at worship and singing, and there was a woman behind us who, in between songs, leaned forward and tapped my friend on her shoulder and said, I know this sounds weird, but I feel like I'm supposed to tell you to go for it. Well, my friend broke down in tears and shared with a stranger what God had been laying on her heart, which, of course, led to more crying. But this woman heard the holy nudge. It made no sense to her, but she was faithful to follow it, which made all the difference. My grandmother was amazing with this. I, um, I grew up going to a camp meeting in South Seville Camp Meeting Grounds, and it ran for two weeks in July every summer, and it was a time filled with vacation Bible school every morning and services every evening and lots of time and fun with friends and family and the beach in between. 
It was a staple in my life and a time that I got to spend with my grandparents, getting to know them and spend quality time with them. I grew up watching my grandmother. And I grew up watching her listen to the Holy Spirit. I can't tell you how many times I would be doing something in the other room only to have her walk in from the kitchen or the sun porch or wherever she had been talking with God and say, Heather, grab some cookies. We need to go visit someone. Okay. And it almost never failed. She, with the cookies and I in tow, would arrive on someone's front step just as that person needed her. Time and again, I watched her hear and then heed the spirits moving in her life. I can only hope to one day be as attuned to the spirits leading as she was. But I know it didn't happen overnight. It was years of her learning to still her thoughts, to slow her pace, to allow room for the Holy Spirit to move. It was decades of reading scripture and asking the Holy Spirit to remind her of those scriptures when she needed them the most. And she would have told you it was countless times of getting back up and starting over when she'd missed the mark or when she had resisted following God's lead. It was a lifetime of learning that no matter how hard, no matter how countercultural, no matter how small something seemed, his way was always better. A huge part of owning our faith, being an active participant with the Holy Spirit, is learning to hear his voice. Choosing to actively use the gifts he has given us to share with the people around us. It takes effort to make room in our lives to still our thoughts, to focus our efforts on learning to hear him. But if there's one thing I have learned, it is definitely worth the effort. You see, our natural default, at least mine, is to underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit. He is always more faithful, more amazing, more powerful, more joy-giving than I could have ever imagined. I am sure many of you have your own stories. You know what? I would love to hear them. One of the ways that I think we learn about the Holy Spirit is by hearing how he's moved in other people's lives. When I revisit the stories of my own life and share and hear other stories shared with me, it helps me anticipate what he's going to do. It helps me to expect him to show up in big ways. And that expectation opens my heart and my mind and focuses me to look for where he is moving. When I said when we began that uh, we would just be scratching the surface, 
of what we can know about the Holy Spirit. There, there is so much more. And I really do want to encourage you to dig in on your own or in a small group. There are some great resources available to you on our media provider, uh, Right Now Media. So these are video studies from countless different pastors focusing on a wide variety of topics. There are some specifically that I set aside in a um, library called Hope Church, conveniently enough. Uh, so if you go on there, there are a number of different books such as Forgotten God by Francis Chan, some by David Platt, Chip Ingram, and a number of other pastors. You can watch these studies for free from the comfort of your own home or you could find some friends and watch it here in a small group. If you haven't yet registered or explored Right Now Media, I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, you can sign up for it for free at meethope.org right now slash right now media. Let's make the conscious decision right now to figure out how we can hear his voice better. Let's commit to listening to those holy nudges, even when they may confuse us or leave us wondering why we're taking that route rather than the one we thought would be best. Let's explore the gifts he has given us as we take these next steps to owning our faith. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord God, we come before you, Lord, and we admit that it is so easy for us to become distracted, that there is so much noise, so many voices in our lives, Lord, that we often miss yours. We are so grateful, Lord, that the Holy Spirit dwells within us, but Lord, we ask that you would fill us with the Holy Spirit. Help us to engage, Lord, that we might be overflowing with your love and peace and joy. That we might respond to you by sharing that with others. That they might come to know you too. And so as we leave this place today, God, I ask that you would go before us, that you would help us to set time and space aside to hear you clearly, that we might encounter your spirit in new ways this week, and that we might share that with each other. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have a great week, Hope.